Hey guys, it's Kathy. So this last week we played some extra episodes from the five day workshop. And since this week is the after party, you're going to get even more bonus content. There's so much good stuff in here. A lot of inspiration I wanted to share with you. And if you want to join the live sessions and get notifications about that, you can go to kathyheller.com slash abundant and you'll be in the loop on all that stuff. All right, here we go. Take a listen. Well, we are going to get into it today. We are going to go through the looking glass, my friends. This is our last day of this workshop. We have moved. We have changed signal. And it's exciting. So let's go deeper today, right? Let's go deeper. So here's the thing. The biggest problem that we have, truly, 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 what do you think it is? I'm going to give you one word that can kind of like sum it all up. And it's distraction, my friends. It's distraction. We get so distracted because we don't have our own attention. We're not focused. If you watch the greatest karate master, you watch the greatest basketball player, they have their own attention. They have the ability to focus. Your focus is everything. We get so distracted. And what do I mean by that? Let's talk about it for a second. When you were growing up, when you were seven, eight, nine, 12, 15, 22, what was that vision of who you wanted to be one day? Who is she? Before you got really distracted, before you started to put brick walls in front of your heart, before you lost most of your courage, who did you want to be? Tell me about her. That girl, you know who she is. And every time you put on a really awesome pair of jeans and you look in the mirror, you see her for a second, right? You see her. I'm looking right at her. That's all I see. That's my job. I really feel it. My friend, Emily McDowell, some of you might know her. She's an amazing person to follow. If you don't, she said to me, Kathy, you know what you are? You're like the best dressing room mirror ever. And when I look at you, I see my actual self staring back at me because you are unrelenting. You are unwilling to see anything other than me and my best, than me and who I actually came here to be. And you remind me of what I forgot. You hold up a mirror to remind me. And that was one of the greatest compliments ever, but I'm serious. Who is she? Who is that girl? When you listen to the Glee version, which is the only version you should listen to of this song, when you listen to the Glee soundtrack version of Don't Stop Believing, who's that person? What is she doing? Who's she hanging out with? What is she saying? Is she authentic? Does she have ease? Does she have joy? Is she showing up for the mission of her life? Let's talk about it. I want to know who she is. Hadley said, I wanted to be an actor, to be famous, to be on stage, to share my heart. Tracy said, a famous singer. I want to be a ballerina. I was going to be a gymnast, a movie director. What else you got? And if you're not answering the question, as Colleen always likes to say, why not? What keeps you from even answering the question? And I'll tell you something, because Heather, you just said, I don't know. And I get it. I have a lot of compassion for you. I really do. That's why I'm here. But I'll tell you something. I don't know is a lie. It's a big old lie. I don't know. is just a way of saying I'm scared. Because it might be an inconvenient truth to actually let yourself know what you know, because you know, usually when we say I don't know, it's because we believe two lies. One is I am not good enough. And the second lie is that is not possible. So if your brain tells you I am not good enough and that is not possible, you wind up saying out loud, I don't know, when you really mean I don't believe it's possible or I actually don't think I'm good enough. I don't know is just a limiting belief. It's just a limiting belief. That's all I don't know ever is. You do know. There's only one truth. There's no answers in the mind, but there's only one truth in the heart. There are no answers in the mind, but in the heart, there is only one truth and that one truth always knows And you just might not be in alignment with it. You just might not be lining up with it. Who's the girl you promised yourself that you'd become? Where did she go? Because we're still here, my friends. We're still here. I interviewed Dr. Gladys McGeary two weeks ago. She's 102. She's like, oh my God, if I was your age, if I was in my early 40s, oh my gosh, what I would tell that girl in her 40s, like you haven't had anything yet. Like you just got a little bit of power that you could actually now go be who you want to be, right? On my 40th birthday, a friend of mine came over to me and uh, he said to me, you know, it just begins now, right? 
I said, what do you mean? He goes, remember that whole story about how it took the Israelites 40 years to enter the promised land? He goes, Kabbalistically, 40 is everything, my friend. 40 is a game changer. 40 is when it actually starts. 40 is when it begins because it's taken you four decades to honor yourself, to hear it, to stop trying to be what everyone wants you to be and to just live on your own terms. And boy, was he right. What I was able to do from 30 to 40, from 40 to 41, it quadrupled. From 41 to 42, it 10x. From 42 to 44, I'm turning 44 next month. It is lit, my friends. It is lit. It's another level. It's epic. It's so, so, so epic. Holy smokes, right? Holy smokes. I was just asked this Sunday to sit down and interview a presidential candidate. And I'm so ready for it. I'm so ready for it. You have no idea. It's like, let's go. <laughs> let's make this move. So you think you came for one ball game? You're hanging out on the, on the playground, my friends. It's time. Time to get in the game. You're ready now. You're not just ready. You're over ready. You're ready. And some people have the courage to choose it before 40. I met Colleen's son. He's 15. He's got it. He's choosing it. He's been training with Rick Macy, who's Serena Williams. That was her coach. That was her tennis pro. Okay. He made a decision at 15. Gosh, do I look at him and wish at 15, I would have looked at all those girls in my high school and said, I'm out. Oh my gosh. You don't have to wait to 40, but if you are 40, let's just get busy, my friends. Let's just roll up your sleeves. You just got started. Who is the girl you promised yourself that you would become? Time to turn it on. What are you waiting for? Whose permission do you need? Just yours. Whose permission did I need to start a podcast? Whose permission did Joe, did Joe Rogan need to start a podcast? What, why is Ira Glass have a podcast? What, what, what does that mean? That you have a voice. Somebody comes along and taps you and goes, hey, Joe, we've looked at every person in history. We think you should be the single person with the greatest audience right now. No, that didn't happen. He was just a dude. He's really like just a dude. But he has one quality, which is he's unapologetically willing to just be. That's it. That's all he has. He didn't go to Harvard. He certainly can't run circles around people, right, with his brains. But he's unapologetically willing to just choose himself. Oh, my gosh, what a concept. Who's the girl that you promised yourself you would be? Who gave Lizzo permission to be herself? She did. There's a seat at the table. There's a seat at the coolest table with your name on it. You just got to go sit down, claim it, choose it. So for all of you guys that are coming into this program with me for the next three months, what are you creating? What will you be manifesting? Thoughts do turn to things and you are choosing to operate from a place of consciousness alone. If you want to turn thoughts into things, then you need to become that thought. Because you don't get what you are. You, you don't get what you want. You get what you are, right? And so you need to become the vibration of that. And so it is. So what is it that you will be creating and 3D printing over the next three months? I want to hear it. I want to hear it, right? Because I want you to be able to speak it out loud. Because I want you to project it into the world. And I want you to feel like you got to protect it. I want you to project it because that's what you are. You are a projector. You are a movie projector. What is it that you're going to create in the next 90 days? Because you remembered who you are. Because it's time to play with the only actual power you have, which is your consciousness. It's time to bet on energy. It's time to bet on your energy and turn it all the way up and step out in the world and take action from that place and just see what happens when you change your energy, you're going to change your life. So what are you going to print? What are you going to become a 3D printer for? A thriving mountain breathwork infused with Reiki, wellness, business, create a three one-day experiential retreat. What else? Tell me how you want to feel every single day. Alive, lit up. How much of the day do you want to feel limitless, confident? Are you going to settle to be dormant 80% of your day? I want to see some clean energy in here. Yeah, that's right. I will force you to feel good all the time. Yeah, I will help you to set down your suffering and to choose power. And from that power, you're going to create a lot. A lot going to happen. So buckle up. 
This is all about being brave, my friends. It's all about being brave. It really, really is. It's all about remembering to remember, right? To choose this girl, to choose this person, to choose to just turn on your courage. Every single thing in my life, right? Comes from choosing in one moment, choosing my vibration. That's the most courageous thing you'll ever do. Sometimes we need somebody to hold our hand as we cross that river. Because sometimes we're just staring at that. We're just staring at that ocean and we want so bad to get in that water. But water represents danger. And choosing our truth represents losing everything we have. And sometimes you just need, you just need it. You got so distracted, you forgot. You forgot who you promised yourself you would be. And there's nothing, there's nothing that comes close. There's nothing that comes close to the pain of having run out of time because it's time. I interviewed Bronnie Ware. She wrote this book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Amazing person, an amazing book. She was a hospice nurse for nine years. What do you think is the single greatest common thing that people say on their deathbeds. I didn't live life on my terms. I missed it. I lived the life that he wanted me to live. I lived the life that my mother lived. She said that is the single greatest pain people leave this world with. It's time to choose your alignment. It's time to unbecome all of the things that never were you that you've just been holding and carrying that are not yours to hold anymore. And you set them down and you have courage and you choose because you have the power to choose because we are more powerful than our circumstances. We have the power that's more powerful than that. It's our choice. We have the power of choice. We really do. And if you're here, there's something gnawing at you, right? It's called your soul. Your soul is trying to wake you up. I want to ask you what comes to your mind when I tell you, like, what's the movie that inspires you most? Amber said, Wizard of Oz, The Goonies, The Matrix, Under the Tuscan Sun, Father of the Bride, Aaron Brockovich, The Greatest Showman. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you something is that a friend of mine is a screenwriter and she taught me two things about movies. Number one, the best way to make people hate a character is to make the character perfect because we actually don't relate, right? We fall in love with characters who are are quirky and who are imperfect. And so the irony is part of the reason you hold yourself back is because you compare yourself to people who you think are perfect and think you need to be perfect, but it's the opposite. The more imperfect you are, and the more you lean into the parts of you that have cracks, the more people just stick to you like glue. Wabi-sabi. It's the pieces that are broken and the pieces that are beautiful. It's your pain And it's your courage that make you most relatable. So you better share that stuff. Don't you go hiding your scars, right? Show up for it. Show up for it. That's number one. Number two, every single movie, if you really boil it down, it's about the person who's the hero of that movie choosing alignment. That's it. That's the whole movie. That's Rocky. That's the Devil Wears Prada. That's the Karate Kid. It's the courage to choose the alignment. It's the courage. And so I went to the Hollywood Bowl with my kids. And we went to see Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is one of my favorite movies. So my favorite scene in that movie, I was sitting with my kids at the Hollywood Bowl. We were listening to the score, watching the movie on the big screen. It was an amazing experience out underneath the stars. Hollywood Bowl is is pretty epic in terms of an experience. So we were there and I realized what that whole movie is for me. That whole movie is one scene. It's one moment. And I start bawling and I turn to my kids and I was like, this is the scene. This is the whole movie. The whole movie just happened right here. So for me, it's before he gets the ticket. So what happens is this kid is devastated, right? Because he's, he wants it so bad and they have no money and they live in this tiny little one room and his four grandparents share a bed and they're bedridden and it has no father and they've got no money and his mom works at the laundromat and his grandfather somehow, you never notice the magic of movies, his grandfather had gotten out of bed somehow to get him a chocolate bar, but he opens that chocolate bar and there's no ticket in it and he runs his paper route. And there's a moment when they have heard that all the tickets, the five golden tickets have been found. And so he's devastated. He cries himself to sleep and you feel so much for him because he deserves it more than anyone else. Cause he's such a sweet kid and he's, he's so heartbroken. And then he's walking home from school 
he hears that there's a newspaper article and on the cover it says that one of the people who found the tickets was a fraud and so there must be one ticket left and just at that moment when he hears that he sees through the grate in the ground there's like a little sewer and he sees a silver dollar he sees a coin and he looks at the coin and he looks at this candy shop and he's listening that there just might be one ticket left and he has this moment and if you watch the movie again you'll see they really focus on him more in that moment than and they don't cut away they just focus on his face and he looks at the coin and he looks at the shop and he hears it and he knows that if he takes that money if he brought that money home that money would be so meaningful to his family he also knows that he's just been so heartbroken because he had tried this before he wanted it so bad and he knows that he could go into that candy shop and he could potentially actually get the that get the golden ticket and he picks up the silver dollar and he walks in to the candy shop and he says i'd like to buy a wonka bar and he gives him the wonka bar walks away and he takes a deep breath because he knows this might be the bigger disappointment of the whole movie and sure enough it's in there and he has it that's the whole movie and then what happens the music plays this first if you listen to music if you listen to composers they usually pick a certain score for certain kinds of moments and they'll use that theme again and again in different moments and that's when you know that's the beginning of getting out of the matrix and they play a different score for the first time and he starts to run and he drops everything and the newspaper guy because of course in movie magic everyone knows everyone and everybody you know so he screams out to him he goes run straight home charlie and don't stop until you get there right and it's like makes you cry right and he runs home he just and he runs in and he's like i did it i did it that's the whole movie because it doesn't matter what happens at the end it matters that he chose again and that's the movie and the reason we love movies is because for a second we feel like we live through these people who choose to be courage who choose to be courageous who choose to be brave right who choose I think about that how in my own life, you know, I went through really serious miscarriages like a couple of them. I talked about one of them Gabby Bernstein and I did a podcast where but we were both bawling. We both talked about a really serious um miscarriage we had which was like in our 20th week and uh very 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 painful circumstances and uh in my case it, it's very complicated but the baby there was a lot going on with the baby so it was like pretty horrible. In any case, the willingness for me to try again and to go through IVF cuz all of my kids are fertility kids so i have three kids thank god but it was 12 rounds of IVF and sometimes it would work and sometimes it would result in some pretty horrible stuff and i can remember when i held my daughter for the first time i was like i knew you'd come like i was not going to give up on you and every time these horrible things would happen my husband would say i just don't want you to have to go through this again it's so painful it's so awful and i was like no i'm doing it again because she's coming cuz i'm not giving up that fast and when my husband and i got married i mentioned the song don't stop believing because when he was a little kid his father passed away when he was young and it's very painful to lose a parent that unexpectedly like they went to the ihop and had breakfast and 8 hours later his dad was dead right his dad died of a heart heart issues that's really scary as a kid that creates a lot of a lot of trauma right and in my house my parents had a horrible marriage and then eventually my dad left and he never came back and my grandmother said you know you can divorce you can divorce your spouse but you can't divorce your kids but your dad divorce you guys like he just left and he never called and he never came back and it was horrible right and as a 12 year old girl like you think you just might not be worth anything right you just might not be good enough or lovable enough and so i remember the night of our wedding my husband and i it was like the end of the wedding and the song that was playing was don't stop believing and it was the glee soundtrack version and we huddled in a circle it was like 20 of us and we screamed out the lyrics to that song on the top of our lungs and i felt like getting married 
was the most courageous thing I had ever done because it was so painful. It was literally so scary to actually sign up (laughs) to potentially do something that we both saw how much pain can happen, right? It's like a person who loses their golden retriever and says, I'm never having another dog again. Like I can't go through that. I know what that's like too. It's so painful. Like you, you, people just don't know until they've been there, how painful that is. And you're like, I don't think I can do that again. Like when we got married, it was like, it's us against the world. Like, oh my God, we are so aware of what happens when you love someone and how it can break your heart, but how that's what makes life so worth living. Right. And you guys know what I'm talking about. And so this is really about being brave. It's really about having the courage to be brave so that you don't say what Bronnie Ware told me that most people say to her in their last breaths, which is that they didn't show up because they were too scared. So they just got distracted. They just distracted themselves and lived life on the terms of other people instead of choosing for themselves what they really want. So we talked yesterday about having 20 seconds of insane courage. If you had 20 seconds of insane courage, what would you do in the next 90 days? What would you say? Who would you be? It's like, what would it look like if today your assignment was to just fully choose yourself? What would you wear? What would you eat? What would you say? What would you post? What would you start? What ideas would come to your mind? And what if you knew that by completely choosing it, it would just all come into fruition? What would you, what would you potentially choose if you were literally choosing to be the girl you promised yourself you would be? Start a business, quit your job start a podcast, start a coaching program, make the offer. All right. So those of you who are coming with me, it is a done deal. I'm going to allow you to see how that's possible, but not only how that's possible, how it's going to lead you to what's better than anything you could have ever dreamed. Six years ago, I started a podcast. My daughter was two weeks old. And at the time I was a songwriter and I was loving that, but I had this feeling that I had something to say. And I had this feeling that even though I was like enjoying living my life and writing music and writing music for McDonald's commercials and TV shows, I had this feeling like they don't know about me. Someone's been selling me short and I think it's me. And I got some story to tell and I got something to say. And I think I'm just going to start saying it. And I started this podcast. I didn't know what I was doing. The first episode I recorded eight times in my closet because I kept feeling like I missed something or didn't say it right. And so I said, oh, forget it. I'm not going to do this. I'm so stressed out. I'm sweating. I'm sitting there in my closet. My 10-day-old baby is next to me. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm postpartum. I have two other kids. I have no reason to be doing this. Forget it. And a week went by. And then I said, what am I doing? I'm never going to be ready. I'm never going to not be tired. I'm never going to not have this feeling that I'm overwhelmed. So just freaking do it and do it messy and just go. And I started this podcast. And now we have almost 50 million downloads and we have over 200 sponsors. And I just got my second book deal. And my second book is the book deal was twice as big as my first book deal. And the book is coming out with Simon and Schuster and it's going to be the biggest thing I've ever done. And you know, what's so amazing about podcasting is that people get writer's block, but they don't get talker's block. And when you start to talk after a while, you actually figure out what you came here to say. And then it doesn't even matter who listens or who doesn't, because the feeling you feel of actually saying out loud what it is that is your truth is the most amazing feeling. That's more amazing than having the fancy car. It's being yourself. It's actually living out loud. It's being on purpose. And then the collaborations that come and the things that happen in the rooms that I walk into now, the people who invite me to things, the conversation, the smartness, the skill, the amazing eloquence, the women, the power. Oh my God. It's like from what? From choosing myself and just uploading something to iTunes? Holy shit, my friends. I wish I would have done that six years earlier. There's nothing that can match the feeling of living authentically. That is actually what you want. And once you start living authentically, you start 3D printing a lot more amazing shit because now you're in a vibration of your truth. You're not living from the unconscious program, just continuing to 3D print a reality that you already had yesterday. You're so bored. It's like my cats. My cats eat the same food every single day. That is so boring. You would never want that, but that's what you keep eating because you're printing and 3D manifesting 
what your mind told you yesterday. It's the mental equivalency. We talked about that. It's a tuning fork. You're just getting back the same old, same old, same old, because what you think and believe turns into a vibration that you broadcast. And what you broadcast is what's going to come back to you. And so you're living your life and I'm living mine. And they're so different, but they're only so different because I'm living from a place of an elevated state of consciousness and everything is consciousness. And so I'm not even bumping into people's egos anymore because I'm flying in a different part of the altitude. There's no egos here. It's just expansion. That's all that it is. And I also know that most of you, it's hard. It's hard to go up against that subconscious program. You can tell yourself, I'm going to do this on my own, but you won't because you haven't. Because this unconscious program, four seconds after you wake up, it reminds you how limited, how small. And then you don't choose. Like if I told you that there was a million dollars outside of your front door, you'd go open your front door, but you don't believe there is, you're not going to get up. If I told you that by playing the lottery, you'd win, you'd play the lottery. Why do most people, most people don't play the lottery because you don't actually believe it, right? It's the belief that actually makes you take the action. It's the belief that actually allows you to think all the little amazing micro steps and downloads that allows you to perceive what's actually here. And then you just walk right to it and you just pick it up as easily as I can pick up this glass of water because you see it. And more than that, you feel it and you are it. And so you are it and people just send it right back to you, right? You ever have a girlfriend you're friends with and no matter what, she just seems to date men who like, they just have it together. And you're like, why does she have that? It's like, she's a match for that. She sends out this vibe of like, that's all that I'm available for. And so it is. And people wouldn't dare set her up with someone not like that, right? Because it's a match. So I want to know how to get you into this present moment. Because one thing we talked about this week is how we live in the past and we project the past onto the future. But it's in the present moment where the past, those stories you're telling yourself, all the feelings, that heavy resistance, it melts away and you turn on the receptivity to this moment and you feel this deep peace. You enjoy your own company. You feel light. You feel sexy. You feel alive. You feel aligned and boom, you get the download. You can hear your truth. And from there, the whole world starts to be mesmerizing and amazing. So if you have any questions about manifesting, making money, letting yourself be rich. Oh my God, boy, did we deconstruct that. We found out over the last six, seven days together that the, one of the main reasons we're not wealthy is because we don't, we don't feel like that's a safe thing to want. We found out there's a lot of resistance there. We've made a lot of meaning about letting ourselves be wealthy. We won't even say that out loud. It's like, who would I be if I said that I want to be rich? Oh my God, what kind of horrible person would say they want to be rich? That's insane. And that comes from being conditioned. So then you go, well, I wonder why I'm not rich. It's like, well, you've told yourself that being rich makes you the devil. Why would you be the devil? You're a good person. Oh, well, maybe you should change that and say, Tori Birch is not the devil. Bobby Brown, the makeup artist, she's not the devil, right? How many women in power who have money are the devil? Actually very few, right? When women have money, they become custodians of wealth. They become stewards they change the generation. Let's go. Let's begin to say, I want to be rich. I want to be rich as fuck. I want to be richer than ever. I want to be the most possible version of rich. I want to be abundant. I want to have the most energy. I want to have the most compassion. I want to have the most passion. I want to have the best sex. I want to have multiple orgasms. I want all of these things. And then you start to hear the echo and you realize what you're up against because your voice in your head goes, why do you want that? Who, who do you think you are? And whose voice is that? Is that your voice? Do you really think that's your voice? Do you really think that your soul is like, who do you think you are? Or do you think it's some resistance that you picked up from a million other places and it's not your voice? Because there's a part of you that is so ready to be courageous and to receive and to just be in grace and to just say, thank you. So I want to tell you one more thing, which is something that one of my mentors, Seth Godin, shared with me. and. He said that the most ridiculous thing and the most unflattering thing really in the world is imposter syndrome. And I said that I actually think imposter syndrome is the most egocentric thing because your soul is never an imposter. 
right? It's your ego that's like, who am I to do this? And your soul's like, who are you not to do this? And so Seth Godin said to me that, he said, imagine if you were a lifeguard and it was your first day after you've been training for three weeks, it's your first day, you're a lifeguard, you're sitting there on the beach and the person who's the senior lifeguard gets up because they need to go make a call. And they're like, I'll be right back. So they're gone like four minutes and you look out in this ocean and this little kid is way too far out and he starts drowning and the mother is swimming after, but she's getting caught in the undertow and you're just looking. You think that that lifeguard, you think that you would just sit there and say, I'm going to wait because I don't feel ready. And I'm going to wait for the senior lifeguard to get back. He should be back any second. Do you think you say to yourself, well, you know what? I haven't perfected the cross body hold, so I'm just going to sit here. And Seth Godin said, no, you wouldn't do that. He said, in fact, even if you weren't a lifeguard and you saw a little boy drowning, you just jump in, you just go. You would just do whatever the heck you could to get that kid. And so he said, imposter syndrome, it's so insidious and it's so dangerous because it disguises itself as humility. It says, well, I'm not good enough. So who am I to pitch in? And when I was about to start that podcast, I definitely had some thoughts like, who am I to do this? There's already people doing this. They don't need to hear from me. I don't yet have a book. I don't have anything. Why am I an expert? I don't have a PhD. Who am I to say this? And then I thought, that's all about me. I've just made that all about me and my shame. That's gross. Then I thought, what if I didn't make it about me? And I just thought, what if there's one person today whose life might be better because my love, my passion, my voice somehow makes it a little bit different. I said, I'm going in. And so I did. And then I interviewed 750 people and found out that they had that exact conversation with themselves at some point. And that was it, right? There was a moment when Beyonce wasn't Beyonce. There was a moment when the people that I have talked to, they weren't yet that person. They had imposter syndrome. And yet they decided the hell with that. I'm going to choose anyway. A friend of mine, Cheryl Strayed, she wrote a book called Wild. It became a movie. Reese Witherspoon was in it. And Cheryl said that she had taken this 1,100 mile journey by herself on the Pacific Crest Trail. And years went by, years, years went by. And every day for years, she had this little voice in her head like, I wonder if I should tell that story. Nah, a lot of people have hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm not going to tell. And she had this little thought in her head. It just wouldn't let her go. I wonder if I should tell that story. I wonder if I should tell that story. And then she thought, who am I to tell that story? First of all, thousands of people have walked that trail before me. And she thought, you know what? It's kind of a depressing story because when I started hiking that trail, I was at rock bottom. I was addicted to drugs. I was having sex with anybody who you know came by. I was in the worst place in my life. What kind of story is that? That's like a depressing story. And she said to herself, no, it's not a depressing story because Cheryl, you crossed that Pacific Crest Trail and then you completely changed your life. So she decided, you know what? I'll just write like a little, like a little essay, like a few pages about it. And so she wrote this essay and she sent it off to a magazine and they loved it and they published it. And she started getting notes from people. Like that was the most amazing thing. The way you told the story, it's the way you told the story. And um, she decided to write and keep the story and to tell more of the story. And so she wrote a book called Wild. And soon enough, she gets a call from Reese Witherspoon and she says, I want to make this into a movie and I want to play you. And so it was. I am telling you that over the last six years, I've had the honor to sit one-on-one with 750 people who have that story to tell. And so you have come to the wrong person if you want somebody to corroborate and co-sign that there's no possibility for you because the amount of energy and evidence that I have, that there's so much on the other side of your courage, you just couldn't, you just can't stump me. Like, I just don't, I'm just aware. I just know. I just see the world as it actually is, which is infinite and amazing and ready to conspire to help you every second. So it's a choice, not the circumstances. You don't have to keep choosing that. You have to choose your courage. You have to choose from that place. And for many of you, being with me for 90 days is going to smack all that doubt out of you. And it's going to pull from within you this 
elevated sense of yourself, who you really are, the real I am, before that story got a hold of you, before anybody tried to lie to you to the point where you started to believe the lies and tell them to other people. You're going to believe the truth. You're going to speak your truth. You're going to manifest like nobody's business. And you're going to say, oh my God, it actually gets to be this easy. Like it gets to be this easy because you got to feel it. It's not in here. It's in here. When you open your heart, as Bob Marley says, and you close your eyes and you get rid of the program, you stop using your brain, you use your higher consciousness, you use your heart and you start to feel this future self, you're going to draw her right toward you. You start to feel yourself receiving, walking in alignment, having it all, having the opportunities, the friends, the beauty. You're going to start printing it. You're going to start drawing it right toward you. And you're going to live from that place. And you're not, you're not going to be living from the stress hormones of cortisol anymore, which completely stop you from being a magnet. You're going to turn on the magnet. And what's happening is there's this, this part of you that is so in your analytical mind that you want to believe in all the limiting things that actually don't even exist. Go ahead, sit with Deepak Chopra and try to convince him how limited the world is. It's all energy. It's just consciousness. When you tap into your consciousness, that is where all your power exists. That's where you become a magnet. That is the only thing that's actually been true since the beginning of time. All right. So Colleen, I'm going to call you up here. Is there anything that you'd like to share? I just want us all to remember, I think at a really deep level, that phrase that Kathy always says, which is we can have anything we dream about, any of those dreams that you guys write down or swirl around in your head, as long as we let go of the belief, we cannot have it. And part of letting go of that belief is a willingness for you to show up from a space and tolerate mediocrity tolerate things being messy, tolerate not being sensational, tolerate things not going according to plan, all of those things, because we cannot emphasize enough that the happiness and the fulfillment, it's not about the external world needing to look a certain way. It's all in how we respond to the circumstances. And so the more that you can realize oh my gosh, it doesn't have to be a straight line. Oh my gosh, if something messes up, it doesn't mean like I'm a loser or I suck or I can never have this or any of these things. There's no person who's made it to so-called greatness that hasn't found their way through there through iteration after iteration after iteration. And we just don't give ourselves the permission to be in that space very much because our ego mind wants it to be safe and certain and predictable, which means we need to be the perfect expert out of the gate and everything dialed in and all the ducks in a row and everything perfect. And no one actually really wants any of that anyway on the receiving end. They just want your authenticity. They want your realness, right? Like who doesn't love reality TV and behind the scenes? Why? Because it's real, right? Because there's a presence and a vulnerability to that. So when you think about those dreams and you think about moving towards them, Part of the reason they never come is we're not willing to allow ourselves the grace in that process for it not to be this packaged, pristine, perfect looking path. And it's not supposed to be. And if we can let go of that and let go of what we make it mean, if it doesn't look that way, we free up so much space for ourselves to just play and just have fun and just let ourselves be led into what we need to be led into. I mean, it really is so true. It's amazing how... We just forget that we have any power because honestly, when you're playing from ego, your power is turned off and you want to be liked and you don't even realize how limited your vision is. It's sort of like driving in fog. You can't really go very far because you can't see. But when you start to see, you go, oh, this is available. This is available. This is available. And where you focus, right, is how you feel. And so it is just amazing. But it it is scary. And so for anybody who is sitting on the fence, right, about joining this program or about taking a step in your life or anything, I have a lot of compassion for that. I know that place. I have that all the time in my own life. I know what it feels like to be at the next threshold where I'm going to tell someone how I really feel or host a podcast that might be controversial. Or, I mean, there's a zillion moments like that. I have a tremendous Mm -hmm. amount of compassion for it. It's scary as F. And every time I do it, I realize that it wasn't a tiger. It was a cat, that it wasn't 
a jungle. It was like a blade of grass and I was making it something so scary. Mm -hmm. And it was just because there's an ancient wiring of something inside of me that says you will be rejected. They will leave. But if they leave because they don't really love who I am and they were going to judge me anyway, why do I choose that? And that's what's really at stake is that we want to be loved so bad that we choose to be loved by people who don't have the capacity to love us because they're not willing to. And part of why they're not willing to is we're not even letting them have the option and we're not putting out the option for someone who was really willing to, right? And it's just because we were scared. And all of a sudden you go, oh my God, it gets to be easier. It gets to be better. You know, I don't have to fit in with the people who couldn't really be there for me anyway. I get to be a part of a different crowd. And honestly, most of it is that. Like most of the people who wind up with everything they want, it's this feeling of what will people say about me if I step out? If I said this, if I charge this, if I dress this way, if I change the music, if I change the religion, if I, I mean, it's all of that stuff all the time because we want to belong. We want to belong. We want to belong. We want to belong. And it's like, oh my God, holy smokes. Look who's letting herself belong to herself. And now look what's just happened. And usually when that happens, the career stuff changes, everything changes and the amount of money changes because you are not willing to settle. You are not willing to just stay tightly wrapped inside of a cage. But I have a tremendous amount of compassion for that. But what I'm here to tell you is whether you remember all the time or just sometimes, I'm going to help you remember that you have the power to choose. You have the power. and once you actually choose, you realize it was fake. There was nothing to fear except for the fear of it. You're allowed to let it be easy. You're allowed. One other thing I just want to add too is I think it's very common for a lot of us where we've made multiple attempts to create that change, right? We're like, but I have, maybe I did. I, I tried to take this program or I tried this other thing. And there's just one powerful question that sometimes helps to ask yourself, what was the space you were deciding to choose into those other decisions from? And what I mean by that is a lot of the times we choose something because we think it's going to fix things for us. We think, again, something outside of us is going to change us. And I always say, this is the program to take if you want to choose to save yourself, if you want to choose to learn how you are going to show up and change everything because it's never outside of us. It's always in here. And that's often a discerning difference for people is we often understandably want a life raft. We want like, you know, the lifesaver. We want to grab onto something when in truth, it's all in here. And that's what we bring you home to and we help you calibrate into. So you do tap into that full power to, to create. So I think it really comes down to, as you guys can see, you know, you're, you're on these calls and it's not so much what you're hearing, it's what you're feeling, right? It's you feel it or you don't feel it. And I think the reason Colleen and I stay on for a few days after the five day challenge is because we want you to choose your future. We want you to choose it. We want you to have this life that blows your hair back. We want you to get to 98 and go, I took a fork in the road and I went in a different direction. I wanted to see more about consciousness, my energy, what I could create, how powerful maybe I really was. And so that's what we want to do. We want to hold your hand and cross this ocean together. And that's what we do. And so go to kathyhello.com slash join. You guys are buying the value. You're not buying the price. The price you're going to, every time people go, I was so afraid. Like I figured it out. $300. I figured it out. We have some people being resourceful and they're like, I'm going to go drive Instacart one night a week. And it's like, you'll make more than $300. And it's just that we forget we can choose. Like we forget how to be in integrity with choice, but there's a zillion ways if you wanted to, that you could do this for yourself. You could gift yourself with this, right? And that won't really be the choice. It's not really about the money. It's about choosing a future. It's about choosing to go into a place that feels scary to receive. That's really what this is about. It's not really the money. It's can I allow myself to receive and actually expand? And what will that cost me? And will I outgrow somebody or will something happen and I'll be wanting to change my job? Or will I really be able to face that lion that stares me in the face and says, that's not possible or not you, you're not enough. You're not enough. It's like, oh, obviously, you know, that's the scariest part. But when you move out of ego, it's amazing how quickly you don't have those questions anymore. And next thing you know, people go, did you change your hair? 
why do you look so different? Why do you look so different? It's like, cause your energy is different. And then you change your energy and you'll say, you won't believe what just happened. So-and-so just invited me. You won't believe what happened. I just had this incredible conversation. You won't believe what happened. And the best part is you'll be living life on your terms and your alignment. And you'll allow yourself to have all the things that you told yourself you were going to have when you were a kid. You promised yourself that you'd grow up to be a certain person. And it's time. We want to create a movement. We want to create so many rich, beautiful, powerful, conscious women who become stewards of wealth in this world. I am very transparent. That is my mission. That is my agenda. I want you to rise. I want you to claim your real power, your consciousness, and I want you to surpass anything that I've done or anyone else has done before. I want you to be lit. That's what I want. Colleen, anything else that we need to go over or share? I think that's everything. We've had so much fun with you. It's been an amazing week and a half and gosh, we hope to continue, but we know that you will choose what is in your highest and best. So here's what I'm going to do. We are going to do one quick meditation to end. So here we go, my friends. All right, close your eyes. And I want you to rub your hands together like Mr. Miyagi did before he touched his amazing student. Rub your hands together. Keep going. Rub your hands together. Allow yourself to feel everything that wants to get your attention in this moment. And now you're going to stop rubbing your hands together. Move your hands about five inches apart from one another and feel that. That's energy. That's your energy. Feel that. Now I want you to bring your hands close together, but don't let them touch and move them apart as if you were holding in your hand like Play-Doh and you're just moving it together and apart, but don't let them touch. And as you move it apart, you can feel the energy like an accordion. You feel the energy between your hands as you move your hands apart, as you bring them closer together, feel that. Feel the energy that this space is not empty space, that there's energy, that your energy extends beyond your body, that your greatest awareness is awareness itself, is being in alignment with this energy. This energy casts a vibration into the field that you are a frequency. And when this energy is aligned, when it's open-hearted, when it's enthusiastic, when it's passionate, when it's peaceful, it is a force to be reckoned with. Now you can put your hands on your lap. Just be aware that this energy is extending from you, being broadcast all around you into this field. And you create from that energy, from nothing else. It's energy that creates worlds. Feel this energy. This is you. This is the part of you that's connected to the divine. This is the part of you that is, was, and will be. This is the part of you that doesn't need to be liked. This is the part of you that already belongs because you belong to the soul of all souls. This is the part of you that came to this world to just be love, love itself being loved into life and loving others into life. And this part of you has vision. And this part of you has infinite courage. And this part of you loves to love. And this part of you is unafraid because it's powerful, because it meets the world in coherence. Take a deep breath. And again, and I want you to allow this part of you this is your soul, this unique star that is connected to the mothership who came to this world with a mission to fulfill. And I want you to ask this part of you to show you your future and to give you the courage to choose it, to give you the courage that all you have to do is line up with it vibrationally and you will allow it because it's already here, because it's already done. And I want you to see this future you, this you that your soul has already been. Just notice her ease, notice her authenticity, notice her joy. Now you get to change the program that this avatar, this ego has been. Turn on her power. Turn on her receptivity. What is she doing? Who is she with? How loving is she? How does it feel? that she is you and you are her? How does it feel to be free from codependency? How does it feel to be free from the need to be perfect? Because love is perfect. How does it feel to not prove yourself? How does it feel to not try just to be? 
How does it feel to be a magnet? Because you've set down your ego, which has no power. It's all static. Memorize this feeling. And here, as the creator of this world, as the divine tells you to tell your ego, you are safer here than anywhere else. This is where all the life is. This is where all the energy is. This is where all the goodness is. Play here. Stay here. Create from here. Love from here. And you signed up for this when you came to this world. And when you're in this place, you don't need anything else. And as you sit here, being in this alignment, you are drawing your destiny toward you. It is safe to no longer be in doubt. It is safe to not continue in fight or flight. It is safe to create. It is safe to expand. I want you to see this version of you. Where does she live? What color is the kitchen? Who does she spend time with? What conversations is she a part of? What opportunities does she have? Because she becomes a match for things that are vibrating on the same frequency. And she has tremendous compassion for where you've been, for what you've been afraid of. But she has come. And it's time. And the future is beckoning you. And you're so in love with life. Every breath to be here. Standing in this alignment is ecstasy. And you are the magnet. And so it is. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. How does that feel, my friends? That's your energy. That's what it's like to change your frequency. Do that with me for three months and see how your life will be different. Bet on your future. You are amazing. So we want to see you be brave. And I know how much is on the other side for you. So for anybody who wants to join us, go to kathyheller.com slash join. Thank you guys. What an amazing time. Thank you.